0: are wacky. Hold on a sec. Is this better? This feels better. Yeah, we're gonna call this better. Um, so welcome back. It's another episode. It's been a hot minute, I believe. Um, but I I've not forgotten about this. I'm still getting cast hours for it. It still counts. Um, and hopefully it will still be helpful because today we are going to be talking about um. Uh, the, the big boy that everyone in IB kind of hates, which is OPCVL. Um, does anyone actually know what it is? I don't think so. Um, has anyone ever been good at it in history? I also don't think so. Um, but if you are a brand new little IB baby and don't know what OPCVL is, it's a document analysis tactic that you have to use in IB history exams and, um, IB history, everything, uh, where you look at the origin of a source, which is like who wrote it and when and what kind of source it is, and then the purpose, which is why it was written, and then the content, which is what it was written about, and you talk about them, um, in a very specific and boring way. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about how to be better at it, um, but a little disclaimer is that I am not the best person in the world at OPCVL. I don't think that anyone is. I think that it is dumb and impossible to be good at. Um, but I'm going to give you the the tips and tricks that I have learned in my year and two months of IB experience. Um, yeah, let's let's get into it. So the first thing is the the general, Layout of how to structure it because every OPCVL question that you get asked you have to do two Values and two limitations, which are two things that you can learn and two things that you can't learn from the source Um, But one of the values has to be the content um, Because you can't have a limit of content. We'll get to that Uh, and You have to include all three so origin purpose and content so it's really that you first do the value of, origin or purpose, you can pick which one you do first, um, and then you do the limit of whatever you just picked. Um, and then you do the value of the content, and then you do the limit of whatever you didn't pick to do first. So if you picked origin first, then you do value of origin, limit of origin, value of content, limit of purpose. And if you pick purpose first, you do uh, value of purpose, limit of purpose, value of content, limit of origin, um. I mean, you don't have to do this specific order, but I like it. I like it personally because it's set up in sort of this, like, claim-counterclaim style, which I.B. likes, um, but you you can do whatever you want. I don't care. (laughs) That sounded so mean. I don't know why I sound so, um, annoyed and apathetic this episode. I'm sorry. Um, I'm- I'm feeling the senioritis. And it's only October, so we'll we'll see how the rest of this year goes. Um, so now I'm going to go and break down the origin and the purpose and the content um, and give you some tips and tricks for each one and some things that I know is commonly missed or commonly done wrong because that's what... Um, the the IB coordinator, the IB overlord Harris Clippinger says constantly. Um, so first of all, origin. Like I said, origin is either author, date, or source type. You pick which one you want to analyze the values and limits of. Um, but here's the catch, is that the- Whichever one you pick has to be something that directly affects the content. So if you're picking the year, you need to decide why that's more important to the content than the author. And if you're picking the source type, um, why does the source type the, the value or limit the content more than the date? So if I were to give a speech called Things Only People in 2019 Will Understand, Um, The fact that it was written in 2019 would be more important than the fact that I specifically wrote it. So in that case, you would use the year to analyze the values and limits. However, if I was, like, a very important political figure and I gave a speech called Here's Why I Specifically Hate Visco Girls, I don't know, um, and then I, as an important political figure, go on and pass a bunch of anti visco girl legislation... Um, then the fact that I wrote it is more important than when it was written. So it could have been written like last month and it could be written three years from now, except I think the trend will have died out three years from now. Um, I don't know why I came up with that analogy. I, I guess I'm just going to oppress visco girls now. Um, but you, you get the point is that the, the type of origin that you choose has to directly affect the content of the source. Otherwise, it's just going to be you coming up with random things, and IB will notice when you come up with random things. Usually, they do not, but in OPCVL, they they really care, and it's much harder to BS your way through an OPCVL than it is for anything else in IB, which sucks because it would be so nice if you could BS your way through OPCVL because it makes no sense. Um, Moving on, the, the values and limits for the time or, like, the date of the origin usually have to do with what context the author had access to. So, like, a diary entry from that time would have more societal context because they'd be, like, tuned in to what's, to what's hip with the kids at the time, so they can give you more information about, like, what people were feeling or, like, what people wanted and dreamed about, I don't know what I'm saying, um, uh, but a book written 50 years after the events would have more historical or political context because that person would have been able to research, like, all the different sides of the thing that was going on, whereas the guy writing the diary would have just been like, oh, my friend Jimmy is a Nazi now and that kind of sucks. Um, you get my point. (laughs) This is really, this is, this is going to be all over the place. All right. Um, the values and limits for the author usually have to do with either their biases or their connections to the event. So if you have already identified a purpose and then you think about like how the author arrived at that purpose, that'll usually help you come up with the values and limits of the author. So if like, um, I don't know. Uh, Stalin is writing a speech and you've identified that the purpose is to justify him killing a bunch of people, um, then you could talk about how the values and limits of Stalin are that he thinks that he was right in killing people. Uh, y- you get it. It's like their, their motivations for creating this source will be their values and limitations, or their connections to other important people in the event or time that the source is about. So, like, if a random guy on the street is writing a source talking about Stalin, we're going to keep going with Stalin, um, that would possibly be less valuable than Stalin's chief advisor. If both sources are, like, personal facts about Stalin. Yeah. All right. And the last thing for origin is um, the values and limits of the type of source, which usually have to do with what that source's intended audience is. So a diary would be good for revealing, like, the true feelings of the writer, um, but it would not be good for a balanced look at what it's about, if that makes sense. Because the intended audience for that author was himself, and his own little biased brain, and not a general audience. Um, and a political cartoon would be good for learning about the attitudes and accepted metaphors of a time, like how France is always portrayed as a young woman with the little revolutionary rosette thing um, somewhere on her personage, uh, but it wouldn't be good for like a general scope of the issue it's concerning, because first of all, it is one tiny picture it was in the corner of a newspaper in, like, 1927 or something. Um, and second, because the author's intent is to convey, like, a really specific opinion of a really specific event, because, again, they only got one picture. Um, so think about the audience for the source type, and the connections and inner workings of the brain of the author for the author, Um, and the context that the author had for the date that it was written. That's origin. Next is purpose. Let me scroll down in my notes. All right. Um, Again, with purpose is that it has to specifically affect what content the source gives you. So a source with the purpose of justifying a decision will give you the pros but not the cons of the thing that it is justifying. So if Stalin writes a speech justifying him killing a bunch of people, he's not going to be like, hey, me killing people was bad for these reasons, but good for these reasons. He's just going to be like, it was good for all of these reasons. I am Stalin. I am so important and good. Um, that's what the speech would be like. But a source with the purpose of condemning or disproving would do the exact opposite. So if, like, I were to give a speech and I was like, here are all of the reasons that Stalin sucks, um then you wouldn't get any reasons that Stalin was good, unless I was being an IB student, doing c- claims and counterclaims. But Stalin wasn't an IB student, so you get my point. Right, I think that the the source type will affect the purpose a little bit, so um, I'm going to call them personal sources, but that's not... Quite what I mean, but I mean sources like letters or diaries or art that isn't a political cartoon, so like novels or photographs or poetry. Um, All of that stuff usually has purposes like questioning or predicting or generalizing or establishing. Um, Just purposes that don't need to end in a definite conclusion or don't necessarily have a thesis or lend themselves to a thesis, because those kinds of sources aren't usually trying to prove anything to anybody. So like the purpose of A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway, who sucks, um, isn't to state a thesis and then convince its readers of that thesis, it, thesis, it's to question the idea that war equals glory and that war is a good thing. So people who are writing letters or diary entries or creating art aren't typically doing it to convince an audience of something they're mostly doing it to like air their frustrations or struggle through something that they're thinking about so look for purposes that don't need to end with a definite thesis or conclusion um if it's that kind of source but if it is a political source again personal and political are kind of bad adjectives, but I didn't want to come up with any other adjectives. Um, So sources like political cartoons and speeches and newspapers um, and government records and any sort of graphs or statistics will usually have purposes that do require definite conclusions and theses. So purposes like proving or analyzing or arguing or asserting or comparing. Um, so my anti-Visco girl speech needs to convince whatever audience I'm presenting it to that passing anti-Visco girl legislation is a solid, good idea. Um, so my purpose in giving that speech would most likely be proving that visco girls should be oppressed. Which I don't agree with, um, but I'm too deep in this analogy to back off now. Um, and then, last thing about purpose, is just a short thing that most people already know, but convincing as a purpose and informing as a purpose ain't gonna cut it. You're you're playing with the big boys now. Um, you can't use those. I'm sorry. I I like always default to that whenever I'm like taking an exam. I'm like, oh, the purpose of this is to convince, and then I'm like, wait, no, bad IB student, and then I have to come up with something else. Um, but I think that. In an exam situation, convincing and informing are, like, good starting places, because they both have a lot of synonyms, and if you just come up with a more specific synonym to both of those, you just have a good purpose. Um, so it's a- it's a strategy, but it's not an answer. There we go. And the- the last thing, the C in the OPCVL, uh, content. Content is not hard at all um content is the easiest thing you can do in opcvl because you literally just pick one fact from that source and then plug it into the sentence frame and that that's your content um the only thing is that you have to pick one fact from the source that isn't informed by your outside knowledge which can be hard so if you're reading stalin's diary entry it's just stalin and visco girls on this episode today I don't know why, Um, but if you're reading Stalin's diary entry and it's talking about how much he hates Trotsky, um, and it's just like, oh, Trotsky sucks, I hate him, he doesn't understand communism, I understand communism, Trotsky sucks, Um, and that's the whole diary entry, then the content doesn't tell you that Stalin eventually murders Trotsky, it only tells you that he hates him, Um, so you can't say in the content and like, oh, this source is valuable because it tells you that Stalin murders Trotsky or like wants to murder Trotsky. Because um, it doesn't. It just says that Stalin hates Trotsky. So you got to, you got to be careful about that. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that I'd like to talk about is the sentence frames that everyone is forced to use all the time. Which, if you don't know what they are, one sec. It's because, mm, purpose, origin, whatever, um, comma, a historian studying whatever you're studying can or can't learn specific thing about the content. Um, those are the sentence frames that everyone is told to use. I personally hate them, and probably you do too, um because they're, they're really boring and they're super repetitive when you have to use them over and over again to basically say the exact same things over and over again. Um, but if you are new to the OPCVL game, you really need to keep using them as much as you can physically stand to, um, because you need to get used to hitting all of the bullet points they address. That is the one good thing about them, is that they... They really keep you on track, and they really make sure that you've hit every single thing that you need to hit, Um, but eventually you can grow out of them and start changing up the format a little bit. Um, But as long as you are saying the specifics of the thing that you're analyzing, and the thing that you could be studying while looking at the source, and the things that you can or can't learn, and they're all in the same sentence, you're gonna be fine. You can do whatever you want um, but practice with the sentence frames. All right. That's, that's OPCVL. Um, that's, in my opinion, one of the worst parts of IB. I really don't like it. Most people don't. Um, and unfortunately, the only thing you can do to get good at it is just practice it a lot. Um, so buckle up. (laughs) I hope that this helped I hope that you're having a good day and staying on top of your enormous homework load. Um, but that, that's all I got for you. May you all get a decent score on your next History Paper 1 exam. Uh, may you all get get some sleep. I don't know, this is like the, the IB blessing now. Um, follow me on social media if you want, it'll be linked below. I don't know, Uh, see you next time. (laughs)